Hey, welcome to No Prize Podcast. This is the Professor Bud Young. That's Lucas, and we are here smack dab on the last day of July, getting ready to go into the end of the summer, if you can believe that. And uh, this is going to be the the litigious episode of No Prize Podcast, as late yesterday we find out that Scarlett Johansson suing Disney. Yes, sir. What's up with that? So, 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 all right. So here, here's what happened, man. Uh, you know, with the whole pandemic and everything, you know, the whole time schedule for you know the Marvel releases got slowed down or just put on hold. Right. The first one of the first ones that they did is the Black Widow movie. It's it's like the biggest theatrical Black Widow that they've had since during the beginning of the podcast. Uh, so instead of you know. Just saying, okay, we'll do only theatrical, or hey, we'll only just put it out on Disney. They decided to do it both at the same time, which is called like a day day to day release. So you know, apparently Scarlett Johansson and the company that she's uh, represented for are pissed off because, well, a lot of the bonuses on the back end are dependent on the blockbuster release. So they're they are insinuating that they are missing out on a lot of money. Um, because it was gonna just say, well, you know, by having it on Disney Plus, you're luring uh, customers away from from the movie theaters, and right. they're going to just watch it at home, right? So, but that's 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 unprovable at this point, right? Because once again, we are still in a pandemic, mm-hmm. right? I, I stay my butt home, right? Yeah, like, I, I I was I am not going to a movie theater. Unless I really, really, really have to, and guess what? I would even if it, even if I really, really have to go to see to do a movie theater, I will. I would rather wait 120 days or 160 days to see it in my house rather than go to the movie theater, right? So, so that's so there. there there's all types of, but he, but here's the deal. I've all I've always known that some of the bonuses are dependent on you no, know, uh, hey digital stuff and everything but apparently that was not actually written to her contract really because that's right. not that's really not what I heard no it was not written to the contract what was what was written into the contract was hey uh, like 50 million dollars up front plus on the back end right uh, bonuses devices on uh, depending on the gross revenue tiers so so if it makes like a uh, hundred million then guess what she gets another ten thousand makes 200 if it makes 200 million if it makes a billion then maybe she gets another you know 30 million or something like that well yeah. so right but but what once again you're saying that well because it was released on Disney plus well we didn't we are not going to get to those bonuses or anything right well they, and well and 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 once again, there her company is saying, "Well, you told us that this wasn't going to happen. You told us, you promised us that it would not be released on Disney on any type of streaming or Disney Plus prior to the 190 days, 160 days." Well, written to the actually, it, it's kind of interesting because when you look at the the lawsuit. It specifically says, you know, hey, to maximize these receipts, to maximize these receipts, and therefore, thereby protect her financial interest. Ms. Johansson extracted a promise from the Marvel from Marvel that the release of the picture would be a theatrical release. That means none of that 
stuff regarding streaming or anything was written to the contract. Right. Yeah. And then and then later on it says in light of these moments, uh, Disney was well aware of this promise, but nonetheless directed Marvel to violate its pledge instead of release the picture on Disney Plus. Boo hoo hoo. Whatever. Uh, in light of, and then in light of these moments, Mr. O'Hanson's representative sought assurances because uh, back in 2017 there was no Disney Plus. Even when she started shooting. Uh, shooting some of the movie back in 2019, there still wasn't anything yeah, until they hadn't launched yet. They hadn't la- launched yet until like uh, like November of 2019, so like six months after they last talked about it. Then all of a sudden, it just came out of nowhere. According to, according to them, it came out of nowhere, and then boom, right? So, she, so in light of these announcements, talk about the Disney Plus release. She says, Mr. Hansen's representative sought assurances that Marvel would hold up its end of the bargain. Once again, a non-written bargain with respect to the theatrical release of the picture guaranteed in the contract. And then in response, the chief counsel for Marvel confirmed this. They said they confirmed by saying, we totally understand Scarlet's, Scarlet's willingness to do the film. And our whole deal is based on a premise that the film would be widely theatrically released like our other pictures. We understand that should the plan change, we need to discuss this with you and content and come to an understanding as the deal is based on a series of a very large once again, the they and they this is once again, this is her legal team that put this in bold as the deal is based on a series of very large box office bonuses. Now mm-hmm. now he, here's the deal. It was released worldwide, globally. Mm-hmm. They just didn't say anything about digitally. There's nothing in there that that says anything that they couldn't put it out digitally as as well as the world rivalries, right? And and the thing that's going to mess them up is that they also compared it uh, to Wonder Woman eighty four, which was a totally different you know aspect because when Wonder Woman eighty they said well no there Wonder Woman uh, eighty four there was a lawsuit no there wasn't a lawsuit. It, there was no settlement. HBO Max, they, they really wanted to do their their release. They didn't want to wait, so they went to Patty Jenkins, I think her name was, and he said, hey, Patty, uh, we really want to do this. We're just going to pay you up front. We're going to chop off the back-end residuals. We're going to pay you up front as if it's already in a billion-dollar movie, and then and then there you go. We're going to pay you know, uh, Patty and, and Gaddy and, and, and everybody you know, just like you – know, we're just going to do that that way. So them comparison, comparing that to something like something like that, which released like what the summer twenty twenty, yeah, in the midst of the pandemic, is the worst thing you can freaking do. So so they are they are they don't have they don't have a leg to stand on right now. Once again, it is a written contract, a written thing that was, and there is nothing in that contract that really addressed. The fact that Disney Plus, once again, I understand there wasn't anything. Well, you can't boo-hoo-hoo, cry about it later. Just make sure you get that in for the next contract. So that's interesting, right? Because that that's not what I heard like, even as of yesterday where, um, you know, and I guess it could be a misreporting that was coming out that uh, that was saying that um, in the contract that was listed um, with the quote-unquote exclusive theatrical release, not concurrent with streaming and then um to me uh the with the with the tiers of bonuses listed um for uh for the movie uh that's i kind of thought that uh 
Scarlett Johansson that kind of had a case when I was reading it. Um, now the and I understand so like this is this is could actually end up blowing up into being something pretty serious when you look at it, right? Because right. because now you're going to piss off a talent, someone that's been in your Marvel movies for over ten years, right? That is going to probably shine a light on maybe how happy all the other talent will be going forward if they don't do the right thing here which and but what's the right thing right so that's i guess that's something that we can kind of look at being a bit of a gray area but the the thing is is i mean at the end of the day we're kind of talking about the top one percent of the even actors and like you know they're talking about millions of dollars here um if you're talking about millions of dollars, I don't blame Scarlett Johansson for being a bit pissed off that if this is going to cost her like $50 million of, of bonus money that she might've received based on performance. And if you know, you're talking about like the theater just coming back from the pandemic, this, this was the movie that we were all waiting for to go back into theaters for. None of us were a rush into the theaters to go see anything else other than a Marvel movie. And it could have been anything. If they released Shang-Chi, we would have had the same kind of numbers. And so the, the thing is, is, you know, of course, honestly, if they released Shang-Chi, no one would be bitching about it because the other guy had never been in a Marvel movie before. So, right. but I mean, this was kind of, I think, um, Scarlett Johansson's last grasp at the, grasp at the brass ring, right? Yes, I, because this is going to be her last Marvel movie. She's already been killed off. This was a backstory. And it was kind of, I think this Black Widow movie was almost like a, a thank you for everything she'd done before was her chance at, at starring in a big tentpole blockbuster movie that she would have never otherwise had the opportunity to do. And that, to me, is is I think Disney might be standing on that saying, this is the reason you're, we're the reason you're here, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Um, So it, you know, all this other stuff doesn't matter. Now um, the, the, the other big piece that I think is be very interesting is if this ends up like, let's say Scarlett Johansson. And I, I totally expect this to be some kind of settled out of court and they're going to, they're going to pay her, you know, $10 million and she goes away. Right. <clears throat> Which I fully expect. This is why I fully expect it's going to happen because if this ends up in, in front of a jury trial or whatever, can you imagine Disney having to open their Disney plus books and how much they're paying Tom, Tom Hiddleston to do Loki <laughs> or, or, you know, or uh, how much they're paying, um, Anthony Mackie and, uh, and and Sebastian Stan for Falcon and Winter Soldier, which which basically were all these people that have uh, you know the 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 probably a better deal on Disney Plus than they had in the MCU with all these billion dollar theatrical releases and that are right. benefiting from all this. So you know I'm sure Disney want does not want to disclose the buy rates or their subscription rates or right. how much everything is costing. Um, this is the last, I think this is the last thing Disney wants. Um, and I do think that uh, it, well, it could well, be hairy. <laughs> well, uh, well, I mean, the subscription rates, they, they, they don't care about opening that up. In fact, they do want to, uh, they'll shoot, shout that to the heavens as long as the numbers are good because uh, when it comes to investor relations, you know, I as an investor, I want to know how many 
um, subscriptions are happening. Right? I want to know right. the rate at which they're increasing or decreasing, so I know how much. But when it comes to the pay, right? When it comes to the pay, that becomes a, a very interesting thing because you don't want that actor to know what that actor is getting. Um, you don't want to because there's different companies like between CAA, w, WGH, and all these other freaking uh, you know acting companies that represent these actors. You don't want to open up the books and like, well, you no, know, Robert Downey Jr. He gets residuals per, plus merchandising. You know, because right. we, we, we we hear that in the background. We hear, hey, oh. Robert Downey Jr. is getting merchandising plus residuals for the next two two to three years plus this plus that. Well, we we know that, yeah, that was Robert Downey Jr.'s sweetheart deal. Uh, you know, nobody nobody has the deal he has, right? But, um, Which is amazing for you know a guy who, who was in quite the trouble, you know, <laughs> at, the, at the beginning of his career. Um, for for real, but, you know. But you know, it it is a damn dong on shame that you no, know, it's it's come to this, and and I believe that. Yeah, CAA, once again, is trying to leverage exactly what you're talking about, trying to leverage that they don't want to open up the books. But when – when and once again, like you were talking about, uh, you know, different outlet media, media outlets are reporting an exclusive deal. Well, when I look at the actual lawsuit uh, that was filed in the California court, court by Casales, Spitz, and the Torres, it looks like it wasn't, and it was more like word of mouth. And in fact, they are specifically using emails from chief counsel to use that as legally legally binding. Yeah. And even in even in these emails, they never address anything about the day to date release. They just said, "Well, you know, we're going to once again it says we only need to do the film, and our whole deal is basically premise that the film would be widely theatrically released." That, mm -hmm. that that literally that literally means nothing. So, so this is going to be interesting going forward when it comes to the contract because, you know, think about it. Like if you contracted, you know, somebody to go cut your grass, and then they went out, they they did the job and everything, and then you, then they went away, and then you are you say, okay, well, I'm going to take that spot of grass right over here, and I'm going to put it in the back, and then they, and they came back like, no, 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 no. If you want to do that, you got to pay us more money, man. Like, whoa, whoa. Oh no, that 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 don't work. That doesn't work. Um, mm. So uh, it's if if this man, there's so many things that could happen with it. But you know, it's, I, I'm going to be sitting by with my popcorn. It's you know this and this is got this story is going to have legs, man, too, because this is a, a to the tentpole summer blockbuster with the biggest movie company on the planet right now. In a big, a big female lead movie, you know, where you know everything is everything is eyes wide open on Scarlett Johansson, on and Black Widow. She's finally the finally a, like a, one of the main female lead characters from Marvel gets her own movie, and now we're gonna do her like this, right? <laughs> so, well, the, the 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 shame thing is, is she's not even she was the as far as big stars go, she wasn't even the big star in that movie, right? No, the you had the the chick from uh, the Mummy, she was in there. The dude that played the Red Guardian, who was from Stranger Things, he's a bigger star than her in that right now. Well, so, I don't know. We could argue about that, but <laughs> you know, with I think um, I think this was this was really kind of I think Scarlett Johansson's kind of coming out party almost. She's she is an A list actor, and she's been in a whole bunch of yeah. good. Movies. She's been really. Uh, 
She she Lost is. Lost in translation. How many uh, people know about that movie? Well, how about no. how about how about the girl with the 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 silver earring? You this saw, movie. You saw that one? This movie made her an A-list actress and opened up doors for her to get other roles. All that stuff, all that other stuff you're talking about came before Black Widow. So, I mean, what can what can you say? Going forward, going forward, she's going to have more opportunities than she would have previously. Right. So, uh, I mean, I'm, unless this unless this kills her in Hollywood's eyes, you know. <laughs> you know, you know what was funny is uh, so. They they mention a whole bunch of uh, movies as like proof of her po- store star power, but the one movie that they didn't met- mention was the Ghost in the Shell movie, um, which flopped, which was absolutely freaking terrible and absolutely flopped. Um, so which proves the more, more point is that Marvel made her the star, versus, versus her making uh, any of the Marvel movies successful. So. Let's let's actually get into some comic books because this is getting, getting kind of depressing. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure we'll be talking about this uh, for a long time. I think I think this the, that that story is going to be with us for a while. I don't think it's going to go away, um, and I think it might color future movies too. It might color future contract deals. It actually might con- might color future future signings and their ability to get talent. Possible. You know what, Disney? I'm going to throw this out there. Sign me up. I will do it for a bag of peanuts. (laughs) I'll I'll do it for some merchandise. Zero residuals. You can do you can do streaming release. You can do whatever you want. I'm I'm in. I'm I'm in 100. So, (laughs) all right, all right. So uh, let's so let's jump into uh, you know there's a, a few things this week we, I was talking um, I was talking yesterday about uh, the different things going on and uh, just this week um, there was there was some happenings and um, I want to jump into Daredevil because the Daredevil thing the Daredevil happening was kind of under the radar and if you really weren't looking it's uh, you you might have missed it. Um, so this is this is Daredevil Lockdown Part Two, Daredevil Number Thirty Two. Uh, Chip Starsky, who's been doing an amazing job on uh, on this book writing, with uh, Mike Cawthorn penciling and Adriano De Benedetto inker and Marcio Menes colorist. <clears throat> and uh, with we have uh, your editors are Danny Kazem, Devin Lewis, and the cover artists Marco Cicchetto, who's our regular artist, and Matthew Wilson. Um, so this kind of this this issue kind of runs the gamut. We see we see all the different characters. Um, we we noticed uh, last issue Bullseye comes back, and now Bullseye's kind of more like uh, and this issue kind of like the Irresistible Force, right? He's not really the, uh, you don't see him until the last page. He's more of like. Uh, the uh, the irresistible force, right? He's 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 going up to the top of buildings and just shooting people yeah. <laughs> from 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 anywhere. So nowhere is safe. Um, and and he's he's in business for himself, so to speak, right? Um, we all know Bullseye used to be Kingpin's bodyguard, and now he has no affiliation to anybody. He is just off the reservation kingpin's taking responsibility here since typhoid mary out to see if uh see if she can 
take care of him. Um, but in the meantime, we have Electra on the ground looking for him. And by Electra, I mean the daredevil cladded Electra, um, who everybody everybody knows it's Electra. She's not trying to hide her identity, which I think is actually pretty cool. Um, she has a little run-in with Spider-Man, but the big story in this other than bullseye because i think bullseye is used as kind of like a sandwich part of the main story here is um is matt in jail trying to uh figure out what exactly is going on they he was recruited last issue where they said so you know there's something going on in the prison with uh you know we we don't know what's going on and we want you to, to to investigate it and uh you know, if you investigate and figure out what's going on, we'll we'll cut some time off, right? So that's basically what he does, and he ends up down in the bowels of the prison, um, and ends up getting into a fight with some of the corrupt guards, and he ends up at, towards the end of this issue uh, breaking into where there looks like they're experimenting, um, and now. Um, Lucas, I have a question for you. Do you ever read? Uh, do you ever read the first issue of Hero for Hire? I don't remember. No, no I, 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 I don't. I may have, but I don't recall it right now. It's a, th- it's a throwback. And so, Hero for Hire was actually the very first Power Man, um, and and in that in that very first issue, Luke Cage, who was a, a prisoner, um, it <laughs> volunteers for experiments, right, right, and right. and. In order to get his sentence commuted, he they let he allows them to use him as a guinea pig, and th- they kind of experiment on him, put him in these chemical solutions and stuff, and and then the um, the dials get turned up to a hundred or something, and and, every, and a disaster happens. One of the one of the guards that's corrupt um, is out to hurt Luke Cage and ends up messing with the messing with the experiment. But instead of killing him, it ends up giving him superpowers. And then this is this is almost a mirror image of exactly what happens in the first issue of Hero for Hire, with the exception of Daredevil runs into the room <laughs> instead of uh, instead of the cop. And and at the end of this issue, the you know you see the uh, too much pressure in the tank, exhaust pipes, and then a, and then a big explosion. Right. right so yeah, I'm yeah, sitting yeah. there going. Uh, who's the one person that's been in every issue since Daredevil went to jail that's not in this issue? And it's his uh, his big black buddy that right. has been kind of his bodyguard this uh, this entire time. He's not in this issue. And my guess is that's him in the tank, mm. and and it explodes. And I think that I think they're going to create a new Power Man, and that's right. that is exactly what. Um, you know, I mean, they don't tell you at the end of this issue because at the end of this issue, which is uh, uh, kind of a bit, kind of a twist that I wasn't expecting, is um, Electra comes against Bullseye, and um, now if you remember, this has his historical significance too because Bullseye killed Dare, uh, Electra <laughs> back back in the eighties, um, but now uh, Electra is surrounded by three different Bullseyes, which is kind of a surprising and didn't, and I didn't see that coming and I don't know what's going on now. Right. 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 <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know if he's a clone or, or what. Um, but I thought that was interesting. It, it definitely, um, it definitely came out of left field. Uh, and I, I really don't know where the story's going as of this point. And the, and 
because of coming out of left field, this whole thing that that I was when I was reading it, and that's all I could think of was, are they going to do a new Power Man, a new Power Man, a new Power Man? And I was like, why would they do this a in the pages of Daredevil? Which I'm, I guess, I'm not complaining, yes. but what do we need a new Luke Cage for? Right. Well, no, to catch speculators off guard. Right. You don't right. want to. You don't. You don't want to start a new uh, Luke Cage series right but you want to do something with him and with his mythos and you don't want to freaking have to do it you don't have a uh a jessica jones book to do it or anything like that so like, hey why not do it here you know in one of the other defenders books so, so i kind of i gotta get it if that's what they're doing because what you're talking about just went over my head like i was right. thinking about that i'm pulling i'm pulling out i'm pulling out marvel history out of my butt so yeah, so yeah. so I, so I'm actually going to have to go back and find out which uh, which issue was his first appearance because that means, you know, because he's not necessarily a bad guy, so that means he might be. He's like in between the creases of society, you yeah. know. Um, uh, he he's never been an Avenger. He doesn't, but he would be the guy that apparently Matt would trust to to, to watch his back. You know, yeah. they're, they're they're building on that type of relationship. Yeah, uh, I mean, he, yeah, he's so. trusting him in jail to watch his back, you know, and he's <laughs> been watching his back. So, to me, uh, that's uh, that's really what I think is happening. Even though he doesn't make an appearance in this issue, and so probably maybe his first appearance will be next issue uh, as as the hero, right? Mm. Uh, I mean, now we're probably going to have to go back to the beginning of Chip Starsky's run uh, or this storyline where where Matt goes to jail when they first introduce his character. But um, yeah, I really kind of think that this is going to be the new Power Man, whether or not they call him Power Man. Um, but the question is uh, now, now that I like, I have to go back and check out my run to find out what this dude's in jail for. Right. And I don't even know if they said it. I don't even know. Right. But I know that Luke, when Luke was in jail, he was wrongly convicted. Like he, he was framed and mm -hmm. that was, that was why he was in jail. But see, the thing is, is back in the seventies, they had to say that, right? <laughs> the reason, he, we, we can't have a hero that's actually in jail for something he committed. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. You, know? you gotta, you gotta kind of jump around it. You know, every, yeah. every, every, everybody here is is un, here under mistaken pretenses, or you know, they were trespassing, or they were walking down. You know, yeah. nobody, nobody robbed, nobody knocked over a bank here. Yeah. It, 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 those, it, was, it was like one of those surprising a black man in jail. I buy it. <laughs> yeah. Seems legit so far. <laughs> but yeah. it's, it, now, you know, now it's you can you, you can do anything, right? They could just be like, man, I was in jail for possession of marijuana. I'm still, I'm still doing my time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We know he's yeah, in jail yeah. for okay. something we don't yeah. care about. Okay. Exactly. So, right. He he was wrong the, the whole time, you know. Like, all right, come on out. But uh, yeah. But I mean, but 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 hey, we got to go back to your question, which is very important. Why? What is right. the reason that you want a new power man? I, I'm. I, no well, matter what you see, do, like we see this in another book we're going to talk about. But with them, with them, like they've been updating and uh, the, not not just updating the characters, but they're updating with the purpose of diversity, right? Primarily, and introductions of you know LGBTQ characters or people characters that 
um, their readers identify with, right? Um, you know, someone that looks like me, someone that someone that represents me. But I'm like, I'm sitting there going, man, well, like, well, if if Luke Cage doesn't represent, then who does, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> I don't know why you're replacing him. And that, and that's that's the one thing that made me guess why. Like maybe it's not. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's a maybe it's a female character they're going to introduce. Maybe it's Ooh. you know maybe it's not the person I'm thinking. Um, but I, I mean I don't I can't imagine why it wouldn't be the person that it doesn't make an appearance in this issue. You know, it's it to me I'm just like uh, I'm at a loss to why now and why. Um, why does it, I mean, why not, if you're going to use Luke Cage, why not just use Luke Cage, right? Because right. he's not, he's not doing anything. I haven't seen him lately, unless, <laughs> he's unless, unless he was, in, oh, he was in Squadron yeah. Supreme. He was in that, 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 that abortion of a limited series, you know, but he, but that was an alternate, re, alternate reality version of Luke. So, you know, to me, just, just bring back Luke Cage if you're going to do it, but, but, Man, set in the context of the storyline, man, Chip Zdarsky has been just unreal on this book. Uh, he yes. to throw me not just one twist, but two twists in one issue. Okay, he, man, he, this guy has got me. I am a mark for Chip Zdarsky right now. It's it's at the Can point right now that I'll probably jump over to any book that he's doing, and uh, like I'm a I'm a, I'm a Zdarsky fan right now. Can can I shout out the uh, the development of the little love thing in between, uh, you know, Fisk and an old girl, right? Yeah, it's not yeah. it's not full on. Okay, all of a sudden we wake up in her bed bed together. There's like genuine turn around and showing of concern, allowing yeah. it to allowing maybe maybe I don't know maybe they they probably already had something happen off screen. But for me, it's happening as I'm going through these pages, and and it's and it feels real, right? Like yeah, she's going out, she's going out, and she's going doing her job. He's like, hold up, wait a minute, no, uh, no, uh, we're not, we're not, no, you sit right here. She's like, hey, and she and she and she comes to him like a real woman, like like a real woman <laughs> who's, who's literally like mf her. If you want something, you you got. She, She's got to be. She's got to have a little black girl in it because she came up to. She's like, if you want something, you got to ask. You don't. You don't just put your hands on me. You know. So there, there, there's something real about that. Like, like, like real people are there for me. Um, and man, that that is beautiful. I, I got to give them props for that. Well, K Kingpin's always been that kind of sympathetic bad guy, almost right. Like you, you, you know, he's he's an he's an evil dick, but. Uh, he he's got the motivations, right? So you know why he does what he does. That's what made him work in the in the uh, the Daredevil Netflix series. And um, oh, rumor has it he's coming. Uh, he's gonna be in. Oh, what did what did I what did I see? Uh, he's gonna be in something on net on uh, on Disney Plus, one of the really? Disney Plus shows. Yeah, Hawkeye. He's gonna be in Hawkeye. That's what I heard. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio. He's going to be in Hawkeye playing Kingpin, which is going to be um, – I think Hawkeye is coming out around the same time as Spider-Man uh, No Way Home, which 
uh, supposedly has Charlie Cox in it as Daredevil. And uh, so we'll see if they're going to start integrating the Netflix shows. Um, and that could be part of the, uh, the the multiverse, right? That could be part of the multiverse we saw unlocked in Loki. So mm. th- to me, hey, open it all up. I, I love I love the majority of the Netflix stuff, and uh, and thought that uh, that they they deserved more than they got. So well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's there's some of those characters <laughs> I I, de- I definitely want to see uh, Punisher. <laughs> you know. And see him, see him make the leap. That would be great, you know. Yeah. I, I I can't remember the name of the actor that that played him in, on the Netflix series at the moment, but uh, you know, he, he was he was the, the best Punisher. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was the best Punisher <laughs> that we've had yet. Um, all right, so uh, so let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about some of the other stuff that came out this week. Uh, let's do that. <laughs> Hey, there's another guy named Lucas. Yeah, I was like, hey, look, Lucas. I was like, wait, am I doing another podcast? What's going on? And I was like, oh, little kid must be named Lucas. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, hey, I didn't, I didn't know. That's the first time I watched that ad. So yeah, hey. y'all, can't, y'all can't be doing that to me, man. It's too early in the morning. <laughs> got got me overthinking stuff. Come on now. <laughs> like, wait, wait, what did I record when I was drunk last night? <laughs> oh, it, it happened plenty of times. People come back like, hey, man, that was great, man. Are you, are you something now, man? Man, I have no idea. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about, man. I, I'm just I'm just going through the day. <laughs> so, well, so, make, sure, <laughs> make sure to check out the Random Dad Chronicles on uh, Undercover Capes and all the other shows like Flipside Focus and Old Timers and Jank Think Tank and all the other good stuff. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's get into some of this other stuff. There was some. Now we were just talking about them creating new characters for diversity and inclusion, and we get that this week at the end of the Black Knight, mm-hmm. uh, the Curse of the Ebony Blade. Um, and I'll, I'm going to shout out the creators on this. We have Cy Spurrier and Sergio Davila are writing, uh, actually writing an art. And then we have Sean Parsons, Inc., uh, Arif Prianto, colorist, VCs Corey Pettit as the letterer, cover artists Iban Coelho and Jesus Abertov, and editing by Tom Groneman. Um so what did you think about this? Because I mean, this kind of book was this was this book was actually under the radar for me, and I was reading it just to kind of read it because we 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 get it in our in our in our pull lists. Um, right. Now, I was I was reading it. It comes down to 
the um the, a couple of revelations that they that they that they make at this beginning of this black knight series is that when you have the ebony blade um you can't die right yeah. so if you are of the line the uh, descendant of arthur right is that that's it's if you're a descendant of arthur y- you can't die when you wield the ebony blade uh, if you die, it brings you back and resurrects you. And that is something new. That's something that didn't happen before in the Marvel Universe. So the first issue, Dane uh, Whitman uh, gets killed and gets his head chopped off or something. So you know he's dead, dead, right? And then um, by the end of the first issue, he's he's resurrected. Right. And I have to admit, the rest of this limited series has really kind of been forgetful they throw elsa bloodstone in here who's always been a kind of a throwaway character i mean i don't like her um and uh and there's a new character that they introduce i'm gonna call her miss jacks because i've looked through this issue a hundred times and i can't find her first name um but this they and the revelation here you realize um now in this in this last issue dane is dead until the end of this issue and they show him with a kind of like a deathbed confession as he's dying on the uh on the floor uh as mordred had killed him um where he is he's saying how uh that he had a relationship with uh, a girl named uh shima and uh and they they fell in love they got they they were going to get married uh, she had cancer, and they had a specialist in London. They were going to send her uh, to to get treatment. And when and in Dane, um, you know, and 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 honestly, Dane's character takes a little bit of a hit in this issue. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't show up at the airport to go with his That's girlfriend. Exactly, beautiful, and, love it. Yeah, and then uh, and then she goes over for treatment, and she dies because she never t- took takes the treatment because she found out she was pregnant. Right. And she ends up having a baby that uh, that Dane never knew about, and so uh, now Dane finds out that this girl, and I'm going to say Miss Jax because I can't find her first name in this issue. Um, I think it would probably is, be maybe it's Jacqueline. Maybe, maybe, maybe Jax, maybe Jax is short for Jacqueline. I don't know. We can we can call her Jacqueline. <laughs> uh, um, so now we find out that that. She is the daughter of Dane Whitman, um, and that she is a descendant, which makes her ability her able to wield the ebony blade and get resurrected just like Dane. So now we have a new Black Knight, and that by the end of this issue, she definitely is the new Black Knight. They defeat Mordred uh, by Dane is resurrected by apparently coming back to life inside of Mordred and and blowing him into a million pieces don't ask me how they do it the the, the storyline is kind of a bit convoluted at this point Mm -hmm. and basically what really matters is the end where you have uh, a a new black knight and dane is also alive so we have two black knights one one is wielding the sword one is wearing the helmet and uh in sitting on um sitting on the crown 
The, now the right. crown, the Mordred was wearing this crown, and then apparently right. Black uh, Dane creates this throne out of the crown, right. uh, which which has the same. It's made right. out of the same metal as the ebony blade, right? So right. So 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 that so that's an important point of the, the story right there, is that Mordred had constructed an app. And that app went out to like millions and millions of people, and a interface for the app was a crown that was made out of the ebony blade, right? Uh, so when Mr. Dane Whitman was attached to the crown or t- touched the crown, because he was actually connected into the app, right? So as of course he's connected to the app, he is by default connected to the crown. And the blade, which means that even so, that means that he can't die because he was connected to the app. So that, that's that's where the convolution comes from. You get, you, it's one of those, oh, you got to sit at the board doing equations and everything to figure out what they're what they're trying to say and everything. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, so yeah, I mean, and then she gets attacked with the sword that Mordred has in his hands, and once again. If you're touching the sword at any point, you can't die. What Morty doesn't know is that she is an ancestor of of King Arthur. Therefore, her just killing her with that sword means she can't die. And then she comes back as another form of the Black Knight. So it's, it's interesting stuff. Um, so apparently she and Dane went and talk, or her father talk, and they're like, now, okay, now we're going to both be the the black knight right um because and we almost have to because just one person can't do this alone because there's so much darkness attached to this sword one person just can't handle the sword by itself so it's basically one hero or two heroes one sword i forget or i forget the exact terminology uh, when, it, when it all comes down to it but you know as far as going forward like this kind of reminds me of the stuff with the whole Captain Britain thing, right? Where you've got this Captain Britain over here, then this Captain Britain over here. Okay. And then you've already vanished one of your biggest villains already. So I don't know what the need what what are, what are they gonna do from here? Right? They've they have they have just fought technology, right? What 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 else are they gonna fight? Hmm. What else are they gonna fight that I that I would actually care about? I, I, I don't know, right? So they're fight they fought Technology with magic. I, I, I don't know. So, but I will say this is that uh, this particular issue, the the cover that I have up there, that is the Stephanie Hands variant, which is a one to fifty. That was that one was the big one of the of the week, which I think it was some instances going for in between one hundred sixty to two hundred dollars. Um, I don't know if it's going to last, but that's that is what it is because that is her first appearance. That is. I'm, again, Jacqueline Chopra's first appearance as the Black Knight. Is it her first appearance, period? No. The first appearance of Jacqueline Chopra was in Black Knight, Curse of the Apple Blade, number one. Um, but didn't know that she was magical. She didn't know that she was, um, you, know, uh, you know, related to King Arthur at all. So nobody's really looking at it, but I think people should because there's actually another Stephanie Hans out there for that number one issue that looks almost exactly like this one here's here's the deal if you look at the the person that's on the cover right now a lot of people are saying well we don't know exactly who that is right now that we know what's inside the guts that could actually be either dane or it could actually be jacks so 
you got to decide what you want. But um, going forward, it took what is this issue number five? Yeah, that, that that this was a long journey to come to this point, just to figure out that you no, know, she was related. Um, that you could do all this with the sword. Um, you know, now they can't. They both can't die. Um, now they've got a fancy new chair, apparently, that helps them see things and all this other stuff. Um, I'm just worried about the future. Like, what ha- what can happen after this that would make me care? Um, and and don't forget that Black Knight at some point is supposed to make it into the MCU. Yeah, he's going to be in the Eternals, uh, right. played by Kit Harrington, and that and and he's playing Dane. So that's that's to me, you know. I know that's probably why they did it, right? Because they're like, oh, there's going to be there's going to be eyes on Black Knight when Eternals comes out in November, maybe, uh, maybe. But I mean, Black Knight and like Dane Whitman has always been uh, a, a, a C list character at best. You know, one of those characters that's been in the Avengers that uh, you know maybe you pull out of your butt when you need a like a guest star type mm-hmm. um but he's never been able to carry a book he's never been able to really i mean he doesn't have any bad guys other than the whole king arthur type mythology you know more dread or morgan lefay or something like that um he you know he doesn't have any kind of like rogues gallery um he was kind of big in uh in uh, the marvel uk about like 30 years ago when they kind of did the Marvel UK books and they kind of appropriated him. And then of course, back in the eighties uh, when they did, when, uh, when Marvel acquired Malibu or was it the late eighties, early nineties, that was, this was one of the causes that made Marvel tank was when they bought Malibu and came <laughs> out with the, with the ultraverse. They yeah, put, they threw, you remember yeah, that? Yeah. They threw black Knight into the ultraverse to kind of give them a little, uh, a little star power, so they give him Black Knight, <laughs> you know. But um, the, to me, this—I mean, Dane hasn't been relevant since uh, since I started reading comics back in 1985, right. and I—I just—I don't care about the character. I don't care about the book. I don't care that he has a, a, a daughter or that she's a person of color. It's this is this is another thing of the. Um, the, the, almost the forced diversity in comics, um, which, yes, I think there needs to be more diversity in comics. No, I don't think you should use existing characters to kind of to kind of do that. Um, so it's, it's, it's to me, I, I, you know, it just seems so uh, forced. You know, it just seems right. like like hey, we have this property uh, that we need to update. Um, <laughs> but this so. Should- this should not have been it, right? So, let's get. Right. I, 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 I've always talked about, uh, you know, trends, cyclical trends in movies, right? So, one year there's going to be movies, or excuse me, zombies. It's going to be a thing, vampires. Yeah, yeah. And there's always a cycle where even Tarzan, and and then uh, King Arthur is another part of that cycle. This was not the year to bring out this freaking Black Knight mess. Nobody cares. About King Arthur right now. Nobody cares about knights right now. Um, it, and the problem is, it's not anything that's bad about the writing right now. It's that uh, you know Hollywood ran the whole thing into the freaking ground with like three or four really bad, uh, you know, Knights of the Round Table movies. Yeah. Uh, 
and and right now we're, we're we've we've been we've played out. You talk about superhero fatigue. I'm I'm fatigued out with the Knights of the Round Table stuff because um, I, I can think about at least two or three uh, knights storylines that are throughout comics right now. There's Nottingham, which is an indie book, which is not actually not that bad, and then there's uh, once 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 in future right now. Yeah, uh, so, the question so, the question I yeah. keep asking myself is why don't they just why why didn't Marvel like throw him back in the Avengers for like a year to kind of build up the character and get everybody to remember who he was, etc., and then maybe come out with a limited series <laughs> instead of having this come out from like left field. I don't know. What, what, you know what's even worse is that <clears throat> there was they actually had a pretty good sticking point, right? Which is you know they brought him in alongside of the whole null invasion thing, right? And they, they pointed out that, hey, there is connections in between his darkness and the darkness that Null uses to, to travel and move everything. Right. Okay, Null's gone. Now what? Yeah. Now what? So I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for what, what direction it can take, man. They need to figure out something soon or just get rid of him. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I, I just. I. I don't know where they're going with it now. I. I mean, the. The only. I. I can. I can guess that. Um. We won't. We'll. We'll see Jack before we see. Dane again, right? And she'll show up in like Champions or something. You know, she'll be like that. Another. Another teen hero for them to. Uh, kind of mess around with. Well. Well. You know. So. So speaking of. You know, teen heroes that uh, that they all of a sudden decided to bring in from left field to replace the older guy. Um, we were talking earlier about Cable, right? No, that that, that yeah. happened in the other storyline. Yeah. <clears throat> Where once again, it's it was a very convoluted storyline that I guess is supposed to play off later, later, later. Where there is these kidnapped babies and they were experimenting on and everything. And Kid Cable, he went out to go find them because he does. For whatever reasons, you know, because uh, so he, so he recruits you know, his mom, his dad, and they all they all get old cable to go into this thing, right? Um, so now you had young cable, old cable versus versus strike, um, but now they've shown where they're sending kid cable. They're sending kid cable and the present or it's the future or whatever to to fight the forces of strike to do whatever, and then that's it. We're I guess we're not supposed to see. Uh, Kid Cable for a while, or ever again. What? They just yeah. we're, we have, we're back to old Cable. So who who asked for that? Who who asked for that? I, I, I never just, asked for Young Cable. I just don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Well, I mean, you got me used to Kid Cable, right? And you know, you, you had him, you know, banging around with the cuckoos, right? You no, know, I was like, okay, yeah, I can yeah. I can get with that. All right, go ahead, young man. You know. You know, sow your sow your oats, right? And now we've got old cables. So I, I don't understand. I don't yeah. understand right now. It's you know, it it is like one of those. Everything that happens is like temporary, and uh, you know, I think Cable is one of those characters that I just they just don't want to do any kind of a permanent change with. I did kind of get used to a young Cable, you know. Um, kind of like how I got used to uh, when when Bendis brought in the alternate reality versions of the original X Men, I kind of got used to those younger versions of the X Men, and then they got rid of them. Yeah, so you know, it's, it's just weird stuff that he do it, sometimes. It 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 is, and it's uh, it's one of the things that infuriates me about Marvel is the um, the 
the trade on the brands, right? I mean, everything is a brand, Spider-Man, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man. And, you know, within the last 20 years, we have like a hundred different Spider-Men now. Uh, we have, I'm not even joking. It's like a hundred yeah, different Spider-Men. Yeah, let's let's like not get started on that. Eight or nine different Hulks. We have four or five different Captain Americas and, and growing by one every month now that we have United States of Captain America and we're not going to go down that rabbit hole um, today. Uh, we have, you know, it, it is, we have several different versions of Thor. It's, it is, right. It, it, it's kind of infuriating that, you know, if you're going to do a legacy hero, I mean, I, I kind of get like, you know, having like a Hawkeye and a Kate Bishop Hawkeye, right? Cause you have someone that's going to take over the mantle, uh, you know, when the other person retires or whatever. Um, but right. to have so, different versions of them running around at right. the same time. So, right. So, so talking about the whole Thor and placing people and kids, Valkyries, Mighty Valkyries number four. There was some oh, yeah. about that yeah. was going on with that one. Um, so let's. I'm, I'm not going to go into like everything that's been going on in the story, but this is uh, written by Jason Aaron, which again he's been able to pull a whole bunch of weird stuff out of his butt and just make it make sense. Um, art by uh, Mattia Delulis. Let me tell you this: you got to understand how upset I am right now that there's the Eisner Awards and all these other comic book awards that are out right now, and Valkyries has not even been nominated. Do you understand how great and incredible the art for Valkyries has been so far? This, it's this been movie, really good. It yeah. just is so far above above the rest, right? Uh, letters and Protection by Joseph Bino. Um, and then there's actually just quite a few stories. Most of the writers are Jason Aaron, Tarun Grumbeck, um, cover artist Mahmoud Azrar, um, and and so on, so on. Uh, so, in um, in this particular issue, Hella has come back from some type of whatever she does when she's not in hell, uh, and she she comes back to her, you know, her partner. Her partner is uh, Carlina, and and Carlina is just uh, Carnilla. Car oh, excuse me, Carnella, and Carnella is nursing and taking care of these three kids. And she, and, and you know how you walk, you walk into your house someday, and your 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 house or your wife or your partner all of a sudden has this weird dog or cat, and you walk <laughs> in and you're like, what what, what the hell is that? What what is that? What is that? I don't know what it is, but get rid of it. So that that was the kind of situation they were put in. The three girls they wake wake up and they just see Hella just going off. So she's like, "Hey, you can't, you can't just have them." She's like, "Well, you know, blah blah blah, weird explanation." And she says, "Helen goes, are you kidding me? These these kids are gods right now. We can't, we can't have them here." The kids wake up and they just go to town and they blast Hella, right? Um, and then all types of weird stuff is happening in hell and hell right now. Uh, interesting stuff. So. The fact that they just spoke makes uh, Valkyries number four their first appearance. Their actual first cameo appearance was actually in Valkyries number one when you're, you know, they were given birth to you. You know, there they are. It's kind of interesting. And even they even made an appearance on, on the cover. Now, they still haven't been named inside the series, but I... I I felt like there was something else that was that was going on, so I dug into it. 
Um, there are three sisters inside the Norse mythology, right? In fact, even in, in the Marvel Norse mythology, um, there's these the three Norns, right? The what are the embodiment of the past, the present, and what will come to be. Uh, so Odor of Redandi and Skaldi. And it's like, okay, well, but those in every single graphical presentation that you see, they are old women. However, in some of the photos that I've seen of the Norn that are not Marvel related, um, the Norns are like color coordinated. So one weaves a dress of this, one weaves a dress of yellow, blue, or whatever. That photo that I have on the left-hand side, that is the photo for the cover for the Valkyries, Mighty Valkyries number six. Right. That's so, next you, issue? That's the next issue. And the interesting thing is there's these little weird color things that's happening with them, right? So the one on the left is red, right? So that's that's one sister, right? And you can see the picture of the photo of the Norns that I have in there. Then there's one that's blue. And then the one on the right, if you see her little hand right there, that's yellow. So that makes me think that what happened was um, at one point Thor had actually killed the Norns uh, once again, the first appearance of the Norns was in uh, Joining to Mystery number uh, 102. Um, but he had actually killed them, and the mighty dis the mighty Thor disassembled Ragnarok, right? Um, he broke the spinning wheel and everything. He killed he killed them, and and to include those to sit above and shadow, he killed them and everything. But the one part of Ragnarok is that you can destroy everything, but it will eventually come back. So most likely, this is the reiteration or reincarnation of the three Norns. That, that's that's what I think has happened. That's my theory, <laughs> and that's what I'm that's what I'm sticking with going forward. Your theory is as good as any other, sir. <laughs> uh, did you see the uh, the Marvel trailer yet? Which uh, which one? The, the, oh, uh, the new Shang Chi. Shang Chi. Oh, I didn't see this one. No. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta check it out. It's got a, got a lot of interesting things in there. Um, people are saying that the big guy over here, he's like razor fist. We don't know who. Uh, I think Aquafina Al is the great protector of some, somebody. We don't know who this young lady is right now. Um, I, I'm only honing in on her because she has a similar haircut to this person who is a part of the the rings under Shang Chi. Um, and I don't know who this individual is. Somebody probably knows who it is. You know, there's all types of dope things out there. They, you know, we we could. I I'm, and one of them is probably Razor Fist, right? Um, but I mean, we can't just we can't say maybe they're uh, they're brand new characters. You know, I That's I true. mean, I've I've read a lot of I've read a lot of uh, Master of Kung Fu, and there are. I mean, there are a couple of characters that are like side characters, but there's not a huge cast list in Master Kung Fu. So he does not have a big supporting cast around him. So, mm. well, you know, we'll see. It could They could be brand new characters. Right. So. I, I am excited if you watch the trailer that there is at one point where he is underwater. And that might be a good way to lean into the whole thing of uh, the submariner um, at some point. Uh, also, in Shang Chi, this week came out for number three. Uh, he has a new sister. Was, yeah, that they've been doing this in every issue. They've been introducing a new sibling. Um, so I think maybe we might see more siblings going forward. 
Um, right. He's got a sister. He's got a different sister or brother for each ring. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, you know, the, the, the ring thing is, um, is different, right? Cause they, I mean, the Shang-Chi that we're reading in the comics has nothing to do with Mandarin's 10 rings at all. And, um, and in the movies, that's a, I think that's the thing that's going to separate him and actually make him fit in better with the, uh, with the Marvel universe, the cinematic universe by giving him the Mandarin's rings. That's Jesus. That's, yeah. that is an overpowered to the max kind of, uh, kind of moment, uh, depending on how powerful they make the rings. You know, I mean, you know, Mandarin's rings, each one of them has a separate superpower, you know, like disintegration rays and stuff. It's like weird stuff. Um, Wait till you see the trailer then. Wait till you okay. see the trailer. Okay. Okay. So now you got me. I didn't know. I didn't. When did they drop the trailer? Because I, I didn't see it. Maybe Usually Thursday. I get yeah, maybe Thursday or something like that. Oh, oh, see. Usually my son's all over it and sends me that stuff as soon as it, as soon as it drops. Yeah. He, he dropped the ball, my kid. But, uh, yeah, apparently his sister is a mutant. Uh, Wolverine invites her or tries to take her back to Krakoa and everything, but she decides not to. Um, and apparently her dad tried to have her killed at some point because she was a mutant and everything. So weird stuff. Interesting. So speaking of mutants, and this one, you know, have you, did you get to uh, read the sword? sword I did. Seven? I did. I, and this is so so – can can I just say I think Sword is actually one of the mutant books that actually makes sense to me, and I love it because it's it's tying into um, other things. And you know what? It it uh, it's in the middle of this last annihilation story that's tying into Guardians of the Galaxy. Do you ever think yes, Guardians of the Galaxy would tie into uh, a mutant book and the mutant <laughs> book that just took took over the moon? All right, so yeah. th- this this was actually uh, pretty good, and it actually uh, took up picked up the threads from the empire crossover last year um, yeah. where they um, where brands told um, Hulkling that uh, that alpha flight wasn't anymore and that they were going to create something better and that it was gonna I guess come back to bite them and what where, what else I, w- I was reading this book going wow this is almost kind of like the the convergence of so many corners of the Marvel universe because you had the throughout this issue, you had Dr. Doom having kind of like a, like a summit with storm. Yes, sir. Know? Yes, sir. <laughs> Which, so, and they had dinner. <laughs> so, so, so for the last two years, I have been geeking out over, uh, the writings of Donnie Cates and Al Ewing. Al Ewing, who is also the writer for who wrote this book, as well as uh, the uh, the Incredible Hulk book. Oh, excuse me, the Immortal Hulk book. Um, art by Stefano Casilli, uh, color art by Proto Bunker, uh, letter by VC, and design by Tom Muir. All right, so yes, amazing stuff, right? So, of all the things that I I would have thought that a book would have opened up with. Right, like really gotten like all the rest of Guardian Galaxy stuff. No, no, I, I didn't really care about this stuff. But this, this is the page that they should have opened up with. You got Doctor Doom sitting down with your moral goddess Storm on Mars. On Mars, <laughs> and you're like, hold on, wait a minute, is this like a romantic thing or what's going on? And no, no, they get right into it. Like, hey, this is business, and he gets a little out of line, and she's like, hey, don't start flirting. Don't start flirting. Yeah. Let, let, let's 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 get, get down into it. 
Um, and and what they actually start talking about is the Mysterium, right, which is that new metal that they've been passing around and using as clout and as, as collateral for, for some of their other projects. Um, I don't think they really have a name for it, but they, so far they're, they're calling it Mysterium. And he's relating to Storm and saying, hey, I know all about it. I've messed around with it myself. However, when I did it, I had gloves on. I don't know what you guys are doing, but I had gloves on, right? And and you know, and she's like, well, you know, she's like, well, we don't, we don't. And she's like, and he's like, if you want, I can teach you how how to utilize it and do this and that and everything correctly. And she's like, well, we we don't really need anything from you. And and there was an interesting kind of back and forth between Doom and Storm, amongst other things that were actually going on at the same time. Hmm. Now, the what was more interesting was the language that he used to describe his encounter with the metal, right? He says, Mysterium is not from our, our reality, using mutant, uh, mutant technology. You condense, it, you condense it from primal carbons, right? Primal carbons was a term that has been used in uh, Immortal Hulk, and in yeah. fact, it was used in Power of X, right? Uh, Shout out to Jack Kirby for Kerbons. Yes, sir. Good stuff. Um, and then he says, at the heart of it, at the heart of it, which is, when, and I'll get into that in a little bit, for they have always been the same place, the above place, right? Um, the white hot room, the mystery. So there is a lot of powerful stuff when it comes to the Marvel Universe um, regarding every single one of these. Uh, so, for for instance, the White Room is a place where whenever the Phoenix is not out, out, out and about, Phoenix resides inside the White Room. When Phoenix <laughs> leaves the White Room and consumes somebody else, the soul of that person goes to the White Room. Right? Uh, the above place. The above place is supposedly where the one above all, his connection to everything kind of exists. The heart of it actually would be the heart of the phoenix or, or the heart of whatever, right? And how do we know that? Because, boom, here we go. Sword number one, right? I forget when this came out, at the beginning of the year or something like that. Um, they, The sword team, they actually blast these gamma rays into this one point that, or to this manifold that Manifold actually built, and then they just enter into this white room. Hmm. Um, and the white room, they don't, from their eyes, they don't really know what, what it is. They don't know where they are, but they know that one thing is that they just got to get to the center of it. They all go to the center of it, and Manifold reaches his hands in, and he brings out this thing, right, which is, of course, the metal. Now, the interesting thing is, let's see, uh, da, 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 actually, I don't have it on here, but Dr. Doom at some point inside the comic book, he describes himself as the eye. He says, I am an eye. I have been the eye, blah, 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 whatever. And then here in sword number one, it describes the eye. The eye is a broad spectrum telescopic microscopic vision. The person, the eye, is able to discern the carbon particles that form, and then it was called crossed out. Back up, no name given doc, right? So this is this is the home series. So now, now we, I know for a fact that this is me, the the metal. Now, if you are, if anybody out there is a, well, no, that's just coincidence. You know, well, the very last page of that issue 
has this right has this writing and this is something this is sometimes why it's important to read the writing right it says hey you have stolen fire from heaven to hold in your hands how could i object i had this, done the same myself with one significant difference i wore gloves which is the same as that wording that dr doom used it says be careful Victor Von Doom. So this is exactly what he says in this in this current issue, Sword Number Five, hmm. and they, they set this up in Sword Number One. So there we go. So that that's that. So this is once again, Sword has been really good. Um, it's it's all over the place. It's once again because of space, you know, it's, it's touching into different realms of the Marvel universe, trying to tell a story and everything. Um, and once again, this is another issue where I'm like. Oh, that, that's kind of weird, and that's kind of weird, weird wording. Now I got to go back, so I actually had to reread about three or four books huh. to figure out where where I saw that stuff before. So great stuff from Al Ewing once again. You know, he's been tie he's been tying stuff in and using characters that not a lot of other people have been using. I love Manifold as a character. Um, I love Brand. Um, you know, and and then some of the other characters like, uh, you know, is it is that Wheels? Is he from? I I can't remember if he's from like the Fallen Angel book from back in the eighties, but I think that's yeah. who it is. Yeah, but I don't uh, uh, but Fabian Cortez, uh, you know, come on, there's there's some there's some real there's some real cool characters in this book, um, and it's one of the things that, like I think I like this book because it kind of concentrates on very specific characters as opposed to most of the other mutant books that you have to kind of have a checklist and who the heck is in this book this month, um, but Sword is concentrating on very few characters which I enjoy, so. And not mutants uh, exclusively, I don't think. Yeah. So, but and good. Then, uh, last, very last thing to talk about, real quick, is Star Wars. Now, I know Star Wars is not necessarily your thing, but <laughs> <laughs> well, the High Republic's not my thing. I've been reading the rest right, of them, right? Because you know, Star Wars, the High Republic, is before, way before all that other stuff. The High Republic kind of takes takes um, after. The original Jedi, like the Jedi, the Jedi aliens, brings the Jedi religion to the human race, right? So these guys are trying to really trying to figure out what is the Force and all this other stuff, right? Uh, so there is a new character, her, her or his, I haven't really figured it out. I think it's a him. Um, his name is Orla Jereni. Um His first appearance was actually in the High Republic novel that came out earlier this year, um, and. And what he's going to, I guess, do is kind of help, um, you know, some of the characters in and out of their stuff because they've been kind of experimenting with using the good side of the force and using the dark side of the force, right? Because there, there's this weird type of virus type thing that's been taking over minds, and in order to get out of it and, man and maneuver on it, they've actually had to dip into the dark side of the force. Uh, so it's, it's, this is once again the high republic. If you're in, if you can get into it, it's an interesting thing to to look into and understand. I think that that little double sword that he's got freaking freaking awesome. I, I definitely want to see that out there. Um, but then um, once again, I've, I'm I'm down for it. I just don't think that a lot of people are down. But it was, it's going to be interesting to see how this high republic stuff is going to uh, going to influence all the Star Wars stuff going forward. 
we should see. I, the, I guess what we're going to talk a little bit about Star Wars is, uh, you know, I, I've seen them kind of picking, <laughs> like cherry picking, uh, the continuity as far as uh, pulling stuff from Dark Horse and pulling stuff from the old Star Wars classic comic book from the 70s. Um, and I know that they had, a, a, you know, a high, not a High Republic comic, but, um, you know, they did a history history book in Dark Horse of, uh, you know, the, the Dark Age of the Sith and all that stuff. And, um, like, how much of that stuff affects this or is this a whole new thing with a whole bit, whole new backstory for star Wars. Um, and I don't expect you to answer the question. It's just, uh, right. it's just a rhetorical, right? Well, it, it's weird, right? Because so far we haven't seen any Sith whatsoever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I don't know whether this is before the Sith were thing because which got insane as at one point there was no real Sith. Right. There was well, there was the Sith tribe, but the Sith weren't bad at all, right? So I don't know whether this is during that time or is it before or after. I don't know. So, but you know, we're at what man? We're at issue number seven, and they haven't they haven't sliced that out. So we'll see. We shall see. We shall see. Yeah. So it seems interesting with a lot, a lot of new characters. So absolutely, okay. I've been enjoying it so far. All right. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of No Prize Podcast. We seem to be running a, <laughs> running a little late like we normally do. Um, so join us in two weeks. We'll be back. It'll be August. It'll be the end of your summer. Um, and we will be maybe looking forward to what's coming up on uh, on Disney+. Plus. Maybe talking a little what if. Mm, and, uh, and then uh, we'll have other stuff to talk about we never run out of things to talk about so so we will see you again in two weeks and enjoy the rest of the summer wow bye